Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Welcome to the Less Stressed Life podcast. This is your host, Krista Bigler, private practice integrative nutritionist, helping people across the U.S. reverse digestive issues, eczema, and autoimmunity via phone and video consult. To learn more, visit lessstressednutrition.com. Now, on to the show. So today on The Less Stressed Life, we have... Jessica McKinley. She's back for an encore interview. She was with us way back at the beginning of the Less Stress Life launch. She came on and talked about the Miracle Morning, and she's just such a dynamite presenter and has so much just you can feel the enthusiasm like she lights up a room and you don't have to be in the same room. I love it so much. So Jess is a happiness scientist and a small business coach with a cure for the self-saboteur in all of us. She's a busy mom to toddler Calvin, diehard Steelers fan, and burrito aficionado, whose mission is to be an example of what's possible in business, relationships, and health. Your bio is one of the more fun ones I've ever read and uh, makes me a little bio-jealous, so I think I'll be working on that. Welcome, Jess. Thanks so much, Krista. Well, since fun is definitely high on my list of core values, I will say that I always try to splash it in whenever I can. So definitely in my bio, and we'll talk a little bit more about core values since that's what I'm on to talk about today. Yeah, I can't wait. So let's talk about how this started. So I know that core values isn't necessarily like, I know it's something you're already embodying, but it's maybe not something you talk about all the time, but can you tell us a little bit about what you do? If that doesn't make any sense to someone, like what is happiness scientist and small business coach or like what exactly you do and how'd you get started in this area? Yeah, uh, I don't want to bore anyone who listened to episode two um, for exactly how I came to be a happiness scientist. Hint, hint, I, uh, I totally made it up. So anyone who is thinking about having a career that doesn't yet exist, go for it. I encourage you um, because it's, it's worked out for me. So yeah, basically I wanted to write a book on happiness and then decided the best way to write the first draft was via a blog. And I set up experiments for people to do in real time, uh, experiments based on what people thought made them happy to find out whether or not, in fact, it would make you happy. I think that life is a process of elimination rather than this um, mysterious world that you think everyone else has it figured out and you don't know. I don't think you ever really figure it all out. And 
Krista and I offline were just talking about that today about how you always think someone else has it all figured out and you really don't. It's it's being willing to constantly be in experiment mode. So um, through that, I came to meet a lot of wonderful people to talk to them about all different things. We had different themes on the blog, anything from career and money to love and sex to uh, community and giving back. And I just loved it all. So uh, naturally, I went from that to full-time fitness coaching to a little bit of life coaching. And now am a small business coach. And um, I I love every aspect of it. And I think I'm constantly trying to to evolve and use my new strengths to to add to how I can add to value to the world. Good. So that's what I do. Kind yeah. Of. So when you're a small business coach, do you help people with like the life side, like the decisions and things that come with that? Yeah, exactly. You know, I think the word life coach is kind of tricky. I think it's pretty vague and one of the core values that I, I preach to my clients is that when you have vague um, aspirations, you get vague results. Uh, and I think that it is really important to uh, be clear with people what what I'm trying to accomplish. So yeah, but thank you for asking that question. When I'm working with uh, small business coaches, we talk about everything. Um, when you are a small business owner versus a large business owner, uh, more of what you do is very personal. Your personal life does a little bit get in the way because, or needs to be interwoven because um, you are most likely doing most of the work yourself. So you need to make sure that you're really trying to strike that uh, balance of time, figuring out what do you do when you need to go all in on a work project and what do you do when you need to take some uh, steps back. So more than anything, just really helping people uh, get clarity around what they want their life to look like, uh, their whole life. And, um, and then we figure out the best systems for their business so that they can, um, you know, really make time for the things that are important outside of work. Yeah, those sounds like that sounds like something exercises that everyone needs to do. So, and I agree with you, mm-hmm. life coaching does feel a little vague, but it's kind of the thing that misses that's missing in a lot of people because people don't feel like necessarily they always have purpose or they don't really feel fulfilled. So that's kind of the piece that they're missing. They wish they could talk to someone about it, but usually they're just complaining to friends or or whoever will listen and so um this kind of helps make that more constructive, I think. I cannot wait to uh, tell you guys at the very end about what I'm doing for those of you who are listening to this and thinking like, I think I've always wanted to maybe do some life coaching, but I never know. And I don't really know what I'm going to get out for out of it. So I don't know what I'm willing to pay for it. I think that's really a, a big issue. I think people are coming, starting to come around when it comes to therapy and they're thinking, okay, I see the value in therapy. If you've been through any trauma or if you really are going through any depression or seasonal depression even. Um, but life coaching is a little, uh, I mean, yes, I do work with people who have uh, depression, but I also work with people who just want a little bit more clarity around their life. It's a little more future focused rather than past focus. Mm, yeah. That's interesting. I like how you're kind of qualifying that. So some people I, I hang out with, I like to hang out with smart people and smart people get therapy mm-hmm. as um, someone, one of my past mentors used to one of her mantras. And so 
I asked a friend for a therapy referral and I, I tried or started therapy last week and how, what can you really learn in one session? She's like, well, why do you want this? I'm like, um, I'm just curious. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so it's kind of a funny story I'll tell you about later. So today I invited you to talk about core values. So what the heck is a core value and why should anyone care? Why should they care, Krista? Well, I'm going to tell you, I just love that you asked me to speak about this because it was a nice, fun little exercise for me to kind of dig into my notes, dig back into uh, my blog and see kind of what were the themes that were popping up around core values. And I found a lot. So it was also fun for me to uh, really revisit and redefine my core values because these are not things that are written in stone the moment that we're born. They're things that are ever changing and that need to constantly be evaluated um, based on your goals and what you want. So what they are, I would like, this isn't like the Miriam Webster definition or anything, but I like to define them as the invisible satellites that set your internal GPS through life. So basically, if you think about the reason why people come to me for life coaching um, is because they feel like there are a lot of decisions that they need to make. And there are sometimes they feel overwhelmed by big decisions or even small dis- decisions like, should I do this or should I do that? Have you ever had um, just a time when, let's say someone invites you out on a Saturday and you feel like you should go, but you also kind of feel burnt out and you don't really want to go. It's such a tiny decision. Should I go or should I not go? I'm telling you that once you have your core values in place, once you really understand what it is that is the theme of what you want out of life and who you want to be, then it's easier to make the, every kind of decision from big ones to small ones. The question you ask yourself is, is this getting me closer to my life's purpose? Is this in line with my core values? Yes or no? If yes, then the answer is yes. If no, then the answer is no. Simple as that. I think we like to overcomplicate it a little more than that. So um, it really, really helps uh, my clients to help figure out what their core values are and to kind of maybe, it's it's kind of like uh, priorities, what your priorities are. Okay. So are there predetermined, like, is there some list of core values out there or how do you go about figuring out your core values? Do you take a quiz? Tell us, tell us newbie 101. Great question. So, um, I'm sure there are plenty of quizzes out there, but I don't have a quiz. I, I like to start with basics, um, of, okay. If you were to order your priorities of happiness, health, wealth, success, and fun, what would your, or like efficiency, let's say maybe, what would your um, order look like? And they might say, I think at first people are kind of like, well, I want all of those things. I don't know. Like I want happiness. I want wealth. I want success. Do you, what's the difference between happiness and success? I want good health. But even if you just try to write those down in a certain order, oh, and let's add family to the list too. Um, And I think that the order of this tells me a lot about a person and their decisions off the bat. So let's say, and then you can also see whether your life is in line with your core values. Cause sometimes we do have certain core values and our life isn't reflecting that. And then that's when we start to feel 
not great. We feel that little um, feeling in our gut that's just kind of telling us something's off. That is our feeling that, hey, I'm going, I need to make a U-turn. The GPS is going off, like make a U-turn, make a U-turn. You need to go back and put some more time and energy into where your real core values are. So everyone that's listening, if I know most of you are probably driving, so don't do this right now. (laughs) If you're not driving, uh, take those let's say, take these five happiness, health, wealth, success, and family, put them down on paper and order them in order of your priorities. And that'll kind of give you an idea. Those are some, some basic core values. Would it be helpful for you to me to tell you what my core values are? I think I wrote down six. Sure. So did you, is that how you started figuring yours out? Did you look at a list of things, uh, and then order them? Great question. Um, no, I I think I've been doing life coaching and I've been doing personal development, as you know, for so long that there are certain universal truths that I've read over and over again in some form or another that I resonate with every time I see it in a book or I hear it on a podcast and I just go, yep, I'm just nodding along as I listen to it. And so those are things that I think about on a regular basis. So for me, um, one would be take 100% accountability for my life. So that is a core value because for me, because I find that a lot of people look outside of themselves for a reason to blame or for a reason to complain or for um, for happiness. And I think that all of the good and all of the bad that's come into my life is not a matter of my circumstances, but a matter of my own decision-making and thinking about what's happening to me. And hold on, before you continue, even though I'm really interested in the rest of your list, can I just like give you an applause? Because (laughs) just the fact that that's a core, I didn't know that was an option to be a core value, but... (laughs) Thank you for um, sharing that with us. And if we could just extract one thing and then like send it to a bajillion people, I would extract that. Like every every face, post I read on Facebook, I'm like, extract this nibbit. Oh. <laughs> I know. It's Thank you. Like, and such I, a fundamental piece. I agree. It's just, I don't, that is one of the um, things that's in my contract, actually, for anyone who uh, joins my group life coaching or joins as a one-on-one client. Um, it says in the very first sentence that I only work with people who are willing to take 100% accountability for their lives. So I'm not willing to sit and listen to you tell me why someone else has made, put you in this position. It's never the case ever. I've never come across someone, even if you think it is. Mm -hmm. So um, that is huge for me. Um, A second one would be live a big life. You only get one. I think my mantra I always have on my wall is why not live a big life? I just, I think people play way too small. And every time I see that sentence, I'm reminded like, okay, well, I'm, I kind of get stuck in these routines of doing the same thing all the time. And if I get the opportunity to travel, or if I get the opportunity to do something big or to try out for something, like, why not? Right? You only get one. Mm-hmm. Um, happiness is a choice. That's something that I say all the time, right? So people like to think like, oh, she's so happy. Um, like you're you're just a happy person, right? People say that to me all the time. Like, oh my gosh, you're such a happy person. How I wish I could be as happy as you. And I'm like, well, <laughs> happiness is a choice. Krista knows that I'm going through a very difficult personal 
season right now. And yet I'm not being fake. I truly am authentically happy. I, I can be sad and have a happy life at the same time. You know, I can be sad about things and about moments and still choose to make the best of it. Right. And yeah. so happy people are people that make that decision over and over again. Yeah, I think that's I think that's beautiful. I I was at a funeral not too long ago and the widow um her husband had been dying for a while and she looked really radiant and she had an extremely hard life where her daughter had also been lost to cancer not too many years ago and so I really think honestly I was just thinking of her as you said that and like you can go through a sad time and be grateful and happy about your life and and what you've had the opportunity and the people you've had been able to share it with. So thanks for, uh, thanks for that one. So true. Cheryl Strayed always says that she's a better person. She believes she's a better person because she lost her mother young, which I think is just like, Oh, gut wrenching, right? It just stabs right in the heart. Cause you're like, wow, losing someone young, losing a parent, losing a child, like you said, is just, you think of it as being one of the worst things ever. You think I would just be so miserable. I wouldn't be able to get out of bed. And they probably feel those same feelings, but yet they choose to get out of bed. They choose to not look at what their circumstances as it having happened to them, but having happened for them so that they can, you know, be like an example of what's possible when it comes to strength for losing someone. Other people are out there experiencing the same thing, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, and I'll r- wrap it up real quick so I know we have more to talk about, but strive for better while celebrating where you're at as a fitness coach. Um, that was something that I wanted to make clear. I think it's, it's so controversial. You've got two camps when it comes to fitness. One is people being like, and especially as a mom, people are like, get your baby body back. Like, ah. and so it's kind of that, like, you know, body shaming of like, Oh, you're not, your body isn't where it's supposed to be right now, right after having a baby, which I didn't align with that message. But then I also didn't align with the message of like, your, your body had a baby. So like, you're good. Like you, you should just like enjoy your body where it's at and like, love it for like all of its curves. And now that you pee your pants all the time, that's great too. Like, cool. (laughs) No, I, I like somewhere in the middle where, okay, I wanted to start working out as soon as the six week mark hit, not necessarily because I didn't still love the fact that my body at that point had made a baby. I loved it. But like, I always like to have a challenge. And if I'm not challenging myself, I'm not striving for better. If I'm not trying to grow, I feel like that's in conflict with what the purpose of life is, right? I just feel like you're, you should always be striving for growth while being like, yes, I am, I am starting this journey and it's awesome. I can't do a pull-up at all anymore. You know what I mean? And like, I still think it's awesome because I had a baby and now I'm on this new journey to try and be able to do a pull-up again. And that will be great. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then the last one being, uh, make an extraordinary effort for your loved ones. I was just in two weddings back to back this weekend, Saturday and Sunday in different States, neither of which were the state in which I live. And I drove back the night of the Saturday one. I, and everyone kept saying to me like, wow, like you gotta have less friends. Why why are you doing this to yourself? You should have dropped out of one, blah, blah, blah. And I just know from experience that it comes back to me. And it's so important for me to make an ex- effort for the ones that I love. Even when I had, you know, my son up there and my parents were willing to make it work because that's one of their core values. And I just, I think it's so important for the world to be a better place for people to make an extraordinary effort. 
If you say you love someone, love is not an adjective, it's a verb, you know, show it. Mm -hmm. So the last one was make an extraordinary effort for the people that you love, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Got it. All right. So I'm thinking that these came, this was a little bit of a work in progress, prog- progress, process, progress. Yes. A for work sure. in progress. Um, <laughs> it feels like you just gave me a set of mantras, honestly. Um, so take us back to newbie one on one Oh one. Um, you first, first we ordered in priority, some of these things and how they, how, how much of a priority they were for us. How do you decide when other things come into your life? I mean, take, take us to the next step. Help me understand what's next after prioritizing a list of, of values. So, um, let's say you have, right. Uh, let's say you put at the very top of your list, happiness out of those basic ones that I gave you before happiness, health, wealth, success, and family. Um, so happiness for me, if that's your number one priority, which it is for me, you want to make sure that your days are aligned with that. Your years are aligned with that. If you are doing work that does not make you happy, you need to choose to try and find different work. I don't mean quit everything that doesn't make you happy. I don't mean be reckless. I mean, move towards and take steps towards the life that makes you happy, right? If that's your priority. If your number one priority is family, then I want your life to look like that you spend either more uh, a good chunk of your time with your family or that when you are home and when you do have your time with your family, they are your number one priority. You're not at home, you know, on your phone, emailing back and forth. You want to make sure that your life reflects what your priorities are, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is how I can, I can always kind of see red flags when people do this little exercise, the basics and of the core values. And then I look at their life and I say like, okay, well, what is your biggest struggle right now? And they say like, okay, well, you know, my, my relationship is struggling and it. And I say, okay, well, you said that family was your number two priority. Does family to you only mean your kids or does it mean to you, your family as a whole? Does family to you mean that your kids see an example of love in your relationship as parents, if that is a priority for you, then you need to do work to make that get there. Right. So, so getting to one of my, um, my more advanced core values is happiness is a choice, right? That comes from my beliefs about happiness. So you can write down the word health, let's say, and then write down all the things that come to mind when you think of health. So does it mean that you like, what, what is your life? How does your life um, reflect that word? So I did this with a client of mine actually just last week. And I, I said the word love and I said, what comes to mind when you think of love? And she said, well, you know, self-love. And I think, you know, it could be better, but I do probably do good. And I was like, okay. And anything else with love? And she started to cry. And it was very clear that she had removed that core value as a defense mechanism to not have to think about it, but it was important to her. So like just re- really revisiting the basics and kind of figuring out, hey, if something is a priority to you or something matters to you, even if it's hard to think about, you need to make sure that you're taking steps in your life to open yourself up to receiving more of it. Right? And it- 
It sounds like it's relevant to mention that this might come as a challenge and it might be uncomfortable, right? For sure. Like I said, it's, it's really good to do this with a coach who is, um, you know, has done this before and, or do it with a partner. Um, core values can really play a great role in your, uh, relationships as well. So, um, making sure that your core values with someone, if you're, if you're thinking about getting married, if you're in a long-term relationship, seeing that your core values are aligned is important. Um, and, or that they're either aligned the same or that they're complementary. Um, so, so you can do this exercise with a partner as well and see like, Hey, is, is wealth at the very top of their priority list? And is it at the very bottom of yours? That disconnect might be a problem later down the road, because it means actually that you're your time and your energy are going to be going into different things and you're going to feel a disconnect. Mm-hmm. It's almost like if you would spend some time working on core values instead of goals or resolutions, you'd probably be better guided when it comes time to actually make those and follow through with them. Oh yeah. People don't, well, this is in relationship to business, but Simon Sinek, I love this quote that he was says, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And I think, I mean, just broken down as far as it goes with relationships, people don't care necessarily about what you do. They care and they feel why you do it. So um, I, I think that that can, that can really drive your life without you having to think so much about it. Right? Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay. Um, go ahead. I was going to say, so we're figuring out our core values and it's a work in progress. And so we talked a little bit about how they guide in a relationship, maybe, maybe I think you kind of mentioned that, mm-hmm. um, and if you didn't feel free to add on, but how do they guide someone in like business? Yeah. So, I mean, core values are, like I said, they're those invisible satellites that, that can help you make any decision literally as a parent, as a spouse, as a citizen of the world. And definitely, definitely, definitely as an entrepreneur or a small business owner or as an, an employee even. Um, so uh, Jeff Weiner, who's the, the CEO of LinkedIn, he had, I guess they, they did a, I don't know, Forbes did it. They did a, a, don't quote me on that, but someone did a company-wide of the top companies um, assessment of the staff's approval rating of the CEOs and of every company uh, the CEO of LinkedIn got a 100% approval rating of anonymously from his staff, which is pretty outrageous. And he says that he credits the inclusion of his employees in his core values for the company. And they have six core values and I can list them off really quickly for you if you want. Yeah. Um, but I think the point is too, is that, um, being a leader and being a, um, a, an inspiration and definitely being an owner comes with the responsibility of helping people see your mission. People are not going to just do what you tell them to do and keep doing it over a period of time, unless they understand why they're doing it. When they feel attached to a mission, when they feel attached to the core values and you're constantly trying to reevaluate, Hey, are we reflecting this? Are we reflecting this, reinforcing it over and over again? you have something really powerful. So his 
uh, LinkedIn's core values are members come first, uh, relationships matter, open to be open, honest, but constructive, uh, that they demand excellence, that everyone should act like an owner and for their team to take intelligent risks. So again, these are a little bit more, um, advanced, but I think that they're really important because let's say the last one, for example, take intelligent risks. So they're saying to their employees, Hey, we want you to take risks. If you're in a position, you want to act like an owner. That's another thing. Take 100% accountability, right? You kind of in line with my core value. And they're, they're giving that permission to their staff to go ahead and take risks, but they're saying, do it intelligently, right? So we're going to give you some trust. And that feels good. I know as I've only been, been an employee for a very short period of time in my life before I became a boss, but it's because I never really had that trust from a boss to say like, Hey, here, I'm giving you permission to act like an owner and to take an intelligent risk. So I think that that's huge. Yeah. It allows, yeah. It allows people to feel that ownership and yeah, I can't eloquently state it, but I love it. Very good. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, yeah, don't don't undermine the ability to use your core values to make any decision. I think um, you can use it to attract your ideal customer too. Um, if you are really clear in your marketing, I mean, like that Simon Sinek quote, or like Apple, who everyone's familiar with Apple, um, you feel like they care about who you are. Like they, they have a vibe of, of who you are and why they do things. Um, any, any company that, you know, their mission statement, you feel more drawn to, right? So, um, understanding why people do what they do is having a personal mission statement is also in line with, with core values. And mm-hmm. God, I could go on and on about creating a personal, personal mission statement, but if you want more info on that, you could just go to my website and, and I have, and search personal mission statement. I have an experiment there for that. Yeah. I feel like this is what we need to work on together. So mm-hmm. also, okay. So we talked about core values just in general relationships and business. So on top of the many hats that you wear in your work, you're a full-time work from home mom. So how do you strike that work life balance and, you know, do the core values play a role in your parenting as well? Oh my gosh. Couldn't be more true. Yes, they definitely do. Um, like I said, when, when you have your core values are so ingrained in who you are, it makes life so much easier because you don't have to question yourself too much. Um, I mean, it's still, like I said, it's always a work in progress. And sometimes what'll happen is that you'll be making decisions and they'll start to not feel good. And then you'll start to say like, Hey, maybe a core value of mine used to be when I was a little bit younger, it used to be to say yes. I used to be just like, say yes to every opportunity. But now that I'm a parent, um, that core value has kind of dropped off because I have had to learn to say no more. And I think that um, realizing that and and verbalizing that and putting that down on paper and doing that thought work on myself was really uh, pivotal in starting to feel a little bit more free and aligned when making choices to strike that work-life balance, like you said. Um, but I. You know, I, I think that it will be relieving to any mother or father or parent who is listening to this to know that there just is no one who has balance. I haven't met someone yet. And if I did, I would think 
they would probably be really boring. They're not someone I would like to have at a dinner party. So balance is not, it's, it's a fallacy. It doesn't exist, I don't think. And I think that the goal instead should be just to be as all in and as present on what you're doing in that moment as possible. So sometimes like being successful and going for what you're um, trying to achieve is going to look a little bit like imbalance. It's going to look like, um, you know, missing soccer games sometimes because you have a conference and that's important, or it's going to look like, you know, having to push or cancel a meeting because you have a recital. Um, so, but making sure that when you make the decision to leave your work at five o'clock so that you can go home and do bath time, that when you're at bath time, you're not feeling guilty and you're not trying to think about what you can do tomorrow to make up for it. Think about that when you're on your drive to work, you know, instead when you're doing bath time, just let yourself really, really enjoy that. Or when you're working like I am right now, I have a friend that is watching my son. I am a full-time um, mom on top of all of that, what I do. So I get, I, I have to figure it out on a weekly basis where my son's going to be. Sometimes he's in the room (laughs) and it's a little bit crazy, but I don't put that most of the time. I really try not to put that guilt on myself, um, of, of the balance of, I should be, I should be spending more time with my kid, which, you know, is always going to pop up for you. Just keep reminding yourself that if, if you're in line with your core values, that that's going to look not like balance, but it's going to look like being in one place at a time and not in 10 places at a time. Mm, I love it. That is balance. You know, this yeah. is, this is the answer. Sometimes if you ask people like I've done this in my career, ask people like, what are you struggling with right, right, most right now? And it's really that exactly that, right. Where they're struggling to feel like they're in balance. They feel like they're pulled in many directions. And so it's really, you know, some people call it segmentation, whatever, like you have to start to get comfortable with knowing you're in the right place at the right time. And if you're not, then change it. Um, yeah. Some of that piece. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. So let's see if someone's listening to this and saying, oh my gosh, you are speaking exactly to what I needed to hear. And I can't imagine who couldn't be listening to this and and thinking that, um, what would you, what's your gut reaction for, where would you send them next? Where would you tell them to look? Where would you tell them to start? Like, what can they do today to, to start this process? Yeah. So, um, I have two. So if you're, first of all, if you're not a small business owner, if you're not an entrepreneur, don't worry. There's still an opportunity uh, to work with me. Number one, if you just want to learn a little bit more and see about the happiness experiments that I was talking about, you can head over to my uh, blog, whatshappening.com. And if you are curious about how you can work with me, then it would just be forward slash work with Jess, J-E-S-S. And um, there you'll see a couple of different options. One and our most popular right now is a group coaching community. So this is like having a life coach in your pocket. It is a place where I have about 45 minutes to an hour long um, brain candies, as I call them, once a week where I'm sharing something like this. It's kind of like a like a private podcast. Um, and each month has a theme and it has an agenda and I'm going to help. And that agenda is 
shaped by your feedback. So it's really nice because we get to um, work on the issues that everyone in the group is really um, facing in that moment. So the more more you participate, the more you get. And then we also have live Q&As where I'm hopping on there to either answer your questions live, either anonymously, or you can volunteer to be coached live, which in the beginning can seem a little bit scary, but I think everyone who's in there um, has kind of come to really love it because what happens too when someone offers to be vulnerable is that then everyone else really kind of is like, oh my gosh, me too. We all think that we are very alone in our problems. And from coaching, I can tell you that it's turned out that everyone has like the same four or five problems. <laughs> um, so, so that is nice. It's called happening sessions and that is our most popular option. So then the uh, second thing that's kind of really exciting that is uh, on there as well. If you want to work one-on-one um, I'm about to be partnering with someone from a fortune 500 company with a corporate finance background and he really compliments my expertise and shares my passion for results. And after talking and after him seeing what I do for a long time, he's like, wow, how cool that you get to do this one-on-one in such an intimate setting. I would love to bring, um, you know, to solve all those common stress points of the small business owners who are really bogged down by overwhelm and a lack of systems um, using the organizational models and the rigor of a major corporation. So uh, how amazing for people who I most commonly hear people just be like, ah, I just don't have any system. I'm just trying to get through. I'm just trying to survive. And I help them with uh, getting some mental space and holding some space um, in their mind to make room for what's important. And then um, we together are creating some really foolproof systems that work for uh, companies, yeah, like a fortune 500 companies and and bring it to a smaller level really so that you can hopefully decide to either expand your business, grow it, or just get more um, time and use more of your time and energy on the other things in your life that you want to uh, work on. Yeah. Good. I have some so, people yeah. send you your way. I know uh, what's so, happening.com. Cool. All right. Well, that takes care of my, my question about where people can find you. So we are, um, we're so fortunate to have you come on and to share not only your own core values, but the core values of top companies to share how this fits into life, work, relationships, um, family pieces, and how we can really get started by figuring this out because this is how to effectively make decisions and have your life guided. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing this with us today, Jess. And I can't wait for our next interview. Thank you so much, Krista. Have a great day, you guys. One of the best gifts you could give us at The Less Stress Life is your feedback. We are paid in podcast reviews. If you enjoyed this or any other episode, please leave us a review. In the iTunes store or from your podcast app, just search for Less Stress Life as if you're not already subscribed. Click on the banana face image, scroll to the bottom where it shows the text of other reviews, and write a review. While you're there, hey, make sure you hit subscribe. For Android or Stitcher users, you gotta go to the desktop site and search for Less Stress Life and then scroll down to leave a review. Stitcher doesn't load Apple reviews on their site, so if you want, you can leave 
leave a review in both places. Your feedback means a lot to the success of the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. You rock. 